welcome back to another episode of Confessions of a Crappy Christian. I am your host and resident crappy Christian, Blake, and every week I get to have the coolest conversations with incredible people about all the things most Christians are still not sure we're allowed to talk about. So if you've been looking for a place to land with all your crap and for someone to just be honest about what it looks like to walk through this Christian life, well, you've come to the right place. Pull up a seat, pop in your headphones and tune out your kids and come hang out with me and a guest for the authentic conversations that you have been looking for. Heather, welcome to Confessions of a Crappy Christian. Oh, thanks, Blake. It's so awesome to be with you. I'm pumped because we are talking about something that makes people uncomfortable, which is (laughs) my full-time job, basically, at this point, (laughs) making people uncomfortable. But before we jump in, uh, tell people a little bit about yourself, because you have some hilarious claims to fame. Yeah, so I'll start with the boring stuff. Yeah. <laughs> no, I'm I'm a mom of four. I've been homeschooling for eight years. So way before COVID made it cool, yeah. I was yeah. I was doing the homeschool thing. I'm married did COVID to make it cool, or did it I, make it necessity? <laughs> well, you know, cool is a generous word, right? <laughs> Sugar coated word, perhaps. Yeah. Um, my husband was a Marine fighter pilot who became a pastor. Uh, second career. So I'm a pastor's wife and I've been writing books and speaking and podcasting on topics of body image and comparison for about seven years now. So um, not podcasting that long, but uh, but doing all the other things that long. And I think the fun thing you were referring to was truly one of the most fun experiences of my entire life. I had the opportunity to be on Netflix show Nailed it. Yeah. I am the first contestant of the first episode of the first season. Oh and I will God. tell you insider information. It was recorded as episode three, but my cake was so bad that they moved our show to the pilot. <laughs> so, oh my uh, but yeah, my, my cookie monster blue cake was the icon for the show for, uh, I think for the first year or so it was out now. I think they're in season five or six now, yeah. but, but yeah, I, my six year old is a big fan. So I am I am very popular amongst the under 10 crowd. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's such a cute show though. I I love it. I love that I can put it on and know that you can just watch uh, watch people destroy baked goods. Yeah. <laughs> it was a lot of fun day, to do. <laughs> maybe one day she'll like learn the opposite and be right. some like, great baker. But so talking about kind of the things that People don't necessarily like love to talk about yeah. your you have a book, uh, Burden of Better, and it's about comparison and right. not only, you know, the the surface level comparison is the thief of joy conversation, but kind of mm-hmm. taking that a little bit deeper and why why, you know, and, and you even pose the question of like, what if my ugly really is uglier than your ugly, which is a fair question. Right. Um, so can you, I want to just tell us a little bit about like the book and kind of this conversation you're facilitating. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, really for me, thinking about these issues started with body image. Mm-hmm. Okay. That was my struggle. Third grade on decided I had bigger legs than everyone in my class disordered eating through college, through my twenties, 
compulsive exercise, all the things, right? I did all the things to fix my body. And so I, I truly believed, and, and, and I'll back up and just tell you that I was raised in a Christian home. I went to Christian schools. Yeah. So I, I knew the God and Jesus answers, Blake. I knew I was fearfully and wonderfully made. I knew I was God's masterpiece. And those things just, I, I don't know, I was tone deaf to them, I guess. <laughs> they didn't yeah. matter, right? I still struggled in this way. And so really what happened was I wrote a book on body image back in 2017, it released. And after that, I had women coming to me saying, okay, we've got a handle on body image. Now, what about all these other ways we compare ourselves to others? Yeah. Like, what about like the fact that I feel like my house isn't good enough to have people over or my kids don't behave as well as other people's kids or my marriage sucks compared to what I see on Instagram. And so I really felt like I needed to go there. And honestly, I was scared to death. I was like, oh, I don't, do I know the answer for that guy? <laughs> like, yeah. is there an answer for that? Because I knew all the cliches. Like you mentioned, I get so annoyed with cliche, right? Yeah. And I feel like, you know, we're all pressing like on the, the pretty meme that says comparison is the thief of joy. And then we keep comparing ourselves as right. we keep we're scrolling, like, okay, right? Yeah, got that, but I'm going to keep letting it be a thief. Exactly. Like, well, I don't know how to stop it. So, right. you know, oh, I should limit Instagram time. Okay. Is that all there is to it? Oh, that's hard. Right. You know, and, right. and so I felt like there had to be, I feel like the Bible has answers for all of these things we struggle with. I felt like there had to be a deeper root there, some sort of yeah. spiritual issue underneath the surface that people really weren't talking about. You know, I knew we need to take thoughts captive. Like I, I knew all, all those things, but I was like, what am I missing here? And so that's mm. really what Burden of Better is all about. I try to look at what is the spiritual root of this comparison issue and why are we so stuck in it? And especially, you know, Christian women are my audience. And, and I feel it just hurts my heart mm -hmm. to see Christian women so stuck here, right? Mm -hmm. To see Christian women so just paralyzed by comparing themselves to others around them that they're not able to operate in the way God gifted them and, and not able to do things for his kingdom because they are just stuck. And mm -hmm. so that was my heart behind the book. And the book is really, it, and I've heard you say this before on this show, I, I was raised in a Christian home, but I didn't understand grace. And so yes. this book is really a book about grace. The first half of the book, I talk about comparison. I get into the science behind it a little bit. I get into what the real problem with comparison is and why we shouldn't compare ourselves beyond just like, it's a thief of joy. And right. don't, be, <laughs> don't compare your behind the scenes to someone else's highlights. Real, yeah, real. no duh. Yep. Like we know that, right? right. So I go, I go a little deeper there, but then the second part of the book is just all about grace. I think grace is so much deeper than most of us understand, even those of us that have been in the church all our lives. And so that's really what I dig into there as kind of a, a pathway out of the comparison trap. Well, and I think that that's going to resonate with a lot of at least listeners of this show. So the, the demographics, there are a pretty significant number who did grow up in the church. And even if you didn't, they've been in the church for a while. So right. like you're saying, we know the like, the rapid fire responses, beautifully and wonderfully made, God's masterpiece, you know, grace upon grace, comparisons, the thief of joy. Like we know those things, but it's, and I, I say this actually in the, the manuscript that I'm working on right now, I keep, I, I feel like I'm going to need a lot of italics in my book because I'm like, <laughs> there's a difference between knowing mm -hmm. and knowing. Right. Mm -hmm. Like there's a difference between I know this right. and this impacts the way that I live my life. Because right. I think that there are a lot of areas of scripture that women are familiar with the script familiar, 
not well acquainted, not like right. up next to living life with that where we are, we know what the word says, but then we don't know how to walk it out. We right. don't know what that, like, how does my life and the way that I live it change in light of what scripture says? And in this right. case, grace. Right. Right. And, and I would say, so for me, I felt like there was a block there. Yeah. Right. Like a very tangible right. block. And really that's what turned my life around. Like I would tell you, I gave my life to Jesus before I could tie my shoes. But what turned my life around was when I recognized what that block was. And for me, Blake, that block was idolatry. And it's something that I never even considered was a possibility. No, right? because like, we think it's like gold statues in the right, Old Testament. Right. Like I didn't have any statues in my yard right. or, you right. know, like we didn't have any statues in our house. And even when I went into Chinese restaurants, you know, look away from the Buddha. Right. right. Like, Right. I knew no idols, but I'll tell you, I was in my mid thirties and my husband was listening to a sermon. He was preparing to go into ministry it was before he had AirPods. So it was blaring through the house <laughs> and I'm cleaning my kitchen and I hear Tim Keller talk about idolatry for the first time. And I felt like God spoke to me, not audibly, of course, but like, I felt like God was like, Heather, this is your problem. This is your problem with body image. And I was like, whoa, wait a second here. Yeah, and back so, it up. <laughs> right. And so it was like all of a sudden, I mean, my entire life, I believed if I could just get the body, right, if I could just lose the weight or fix the thing or get the hair or, you know, get the look, then I would be free from body image issues. And I'll tell you, my story is that didn't happen. I became a fitness instructor. I had a small size at one point. I do not have that size anymore. <laughs> at one point and and I still didn't feel free I was still stuck and so when God showed me that idolatry was at the heart of my body image issues that changed my life mm -hmm. and so segueing that into comparison you know I really feel like a lot of the ways we get stuck comparing ourselves to others are, are they're the areas in which we are most tempted to serve an idol. So yeah. for me in body image it's like I believe this body image idol that tells me Oh, Heather, if you just wore this size, then you would be free and you would have joy and peace and yeah. love and a magical life, right? And I think it's that way in all the areas we're most tempted to compare, right? So those of us who struggle with body image, we're comparing our bodies, right? right. But but if, if you struggle with the way your house looks, you're hearing the same lie just in a different way. It's like, ooh, if you just had a house that looks like Joanna Gaines decorated it, then everyone would love you and respect you and think you were awesome and want to come to your house for all the yeah. things, right? And yeah. so these are just lies that we entertain. And it's one thing just to acknowledge the lies, but I really think we, that block we were talking about, like the knowing versus the knowing comes when you can see the idol we can say oh wait a second don't you that's a false it. right like yeah. that's a false salvation that's being offered to me right now and i'm saying you know what i think my life would be better if i had that and i have to believe that jesus is standing over there saying oh honey no, I already told you, you, I have given you what you need to make your life better. Exactly. Having a prettier home isn't going to do it. Having a hotter right. body isn't going to do it. None of those things are going to satisfy you. And you go chase them and you waste so much time and energy and stress and all the things trying to get that. And hey, I'm still standing over here offering you peace and rest and joy and, right. and everything that will really make you content. Well, and I feel like so many of my podcast episodes lately have really boiled down to like, we just don't know our Bibles. 
Right. <laughs> Rick, we don't know our Bibles. So yeah. we don't know the truth of what God has already given us and what he's promised right. us and how he's promised to walk through these struggles with us. And so right. we're like trying to do it out of our own power and knowledge. And then we're just creating tiny idols. Oh, you are so right, Blake. And I mean, to just take that one step further and not to be like, I really don't want this to sound like Debbie Downer. Okay. Yeah. But here's the deal. We like the word comparison. Okay, because that's nice and that's comfortable and that's safe and oh, tee hee hee. about it. Right. Oh, shucks. I compared myself, right? But God doesn't use that word in the context <laughs> that yeah. we're using it in, right? God uses other words like envy and covetousness and yeah. jealousy and pride, right? And, and when I was just preparing for this book, I was reading in the book of James, I believe it's James 4, there's a list of sins that James kind of just rattles through, yep. right? About like, about all these things that cause division in the church and just mm -hmm. this just in this They're list, ugly. oh, sorcery, yeah. like sexual immorality, orgies, like it's a pretty serious list. And you know what is on that list? Right. Envy. Yeah. Envy is on that list. And I was like, you know what? I, I grew up like purity culture all around me, right? So girls I knew had the had the purity ring, you know, like we're saving it, we're waiting. But it's like, I don't know any friend of mine that ever had an envy ring, <laughs> right? right? You know, there's you don't have an envy jar. Like you have right. a swear jar, but not an envy right. jar, right? But like, this is something that God takes seriously. And so for us to just keep like joking it off, like, oh, I have this little struggle with comparison. I think we're really missing out out on the opportunity to say oh wait no I have a struggle with sin I have a struggle with mm. my flesh right which we will battle every single day that we're on this earth and but the good news is there's something I can do about it right, right. it's it's not a hopeless situation first John 1 9 tells me if I confess my sins he's faithful and just forgive my sins and to cleanse me from all righteousness there is a cure for my sin problem like right. th there's no cure for and you already comparison. have it right you already have it you're you exactly it. right right <laughs> So yeah. I don't know. I think that's hopeful. Like it's Absolutely. not fun to be like, oh, it's sin, but it's super hopeful to think there's, there is a way out of this. There's freedom available. It's kind of almost like this give and take, like, no, like let's get serious about the issues that the church has watered down because right. like right, literally right before I'm inter I interviewed you, I interviewed Dr. Terrence McLean, who yeah. tells his story of struggling with homosexuality yeah, and how the church has prioritized that right. as a sin but we are watering down and acting like idolatry and covetousness, 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 covetousness. Yeah. Ooh, <laughs> extra syllable in there. <laughs> yeah, I was like, there's an extra letter in there. Um, are like, eh, I mean, like, don't do it, but like, it's not like, we're not going to have a whole sermon series on right. it kind of thing. And I think that brings about an interesting conversation between growth and idolatry. Right. Mm. So because I, I think as culture has a tendency to do, let's talk about body image specifically, and then we can kind okay. of talk about some other issues. I personally am seeing the pendulum swing the other way. Mm -hmm. We're now talking about losing weight or being healthier. Like that's being frowned upon now. Right. Right. And it's like we cannot. We ca God, we're so incapable of balance just as like human creatures. Right. But so. Like, so now we're making people feel bad for pursuing growth and like right. doing things that like, like there's nothing wrong with wanting to be a healthier version of yourself. There's nothing right. wrong with right. 
if you need to lose weight to be healthy doing that it's like it's your heart and it's your Mm -hmm. vote are you doing this because you're comparing your thighs or are you doing it because you and god had a conversation and like this is what like eating less chick-fil-a and more green (laughs) food is like what he's walking you towards even though it's the lord's chicken like yeah God ordained chicken. I love exactly. it. Yeah. No, you know, so I am totally with you. In fact, I write in the Bird of Better about how now being imperfect is the new perfect, right? right? Like I have to show you my flaws. Like putting a picture of myself with makeup on Instagram is no longer as cool as putting myself without makeup on right. Instagram, right? So right. it's just it's a it's a lose lose, right? But I think I think the bottom line, like you said, the heart, what I like to talk about is the treasure principle from Matthew six, where Jesus says where your treasure is your heart will be also and so Mm -hmm. I think that's our litmus test for whether or not like our health priorities are out of control so is it your treasure is it more important that you make it to spin class or hot yoga or whatever you're doing than to church to your small group right are you spending more money on your like sessions with your personal trainer and your food that is carefully prepackaged and shipped to your door are you spending more money on that than you are tithing right like i mean it it, it's not super black and white and yet it is right right and and then and then just thinking about our time like where where does our time go mentally right because there's the time we expend that people can observe but then there's all this headspace that we fill with thoughts every day and i'll be honest with you probably until i was 38 years old the constant conversation in my head was about my weight what the scale Mm -hmm. told me about myself in the morning what size I wanted to be what I could do to get to that size what I ate that day how many calories how many calories I burned like all of those things I was consumed with that mentally and you wouldn't have known that necessarily like just from having a conversation I wouldn't have brought it up in conversation right right? this is all secret stuff that no one talks about it's embarrassing Right. right but but that's what was going on in my head non-stop and that was idolatry right like I was I was giving all of that attention to the god of of body image the god of the scale on my bathroom floor right like like that's who I was worshiping in my thought life and that's why I stayed stuck so it's really no secret that I struggle with mental health I've talked really openly about being on and off antidepressants and my battle with anxiety and PTSD but one of the most important moves I have made in my mental health journey has been getting into counseling this is why I partner with faithful counseling I know that getting into therapy can be overwhelming and intimidating but faithful counseling offers online Christian counseling where you can get the help and guidance you need to walk through your struggles with Christ at the forefront. In a matter of minutes, you can get matched with a counselor and begin connecting with them via text, video, or phone calls. Faithful Counseling is drastically more affordable than traditional face-to-face therapy, and they price on a sliding scale. I've also partnered with them to offer you 10% off of your first month when you sign up by visiting getfaithful.com slash crappychristian. You can get the help you need today with Faithful Counseling and do it all from the comfort of your couch. Okay, if you love this podcast, if you love Confessions of a Crappy Christian, did you know that there's a whole crappy Christian community that exists outside of this podcast? Yep, and it's awesome. 
The Collective is a private membership group for people who want to grow in their understanding of scripture and want to have real life conversations about the stuff that is happening in our day to day. Every month in The Collective, we cover a different topic that impacts all of us through a biblical lens. So for example, right now we are covering biblical sexuality and it's not too late to join us. And you can also get access to next month's conversation about grace versus law and the freedom Christ died to grant us. So for $27 a month, you get four additional podcast episodes along with access to the freaking incredible Facebook community where people are doing life together, learning together, praying for one another, and cheering one another on. The Collective is honestly my favorite part of my job. No offense to the million other parts. And we would love to have you join us. Sign up is super easy. You just need to visit crappychristianco.com slash community for more information and to join us today. We'd love to have you. Okay, let's get back to the show. Right. And I think that's exactly kind of the point that I'm making is we've, we have to demonize something or someone and that changes from season to season. And so like the house conversation, there's nothing wrong with having a nice house. Right. There's nothing wrong with that. Absolutely. Is it what you're worshiping? Is it what your life like bows down in front of, or is it well, I always use this word in interviews and people are like, what did you just say? But like, there's this Louisiana word, we call it lanyap. And it's okay. extra stuff. Uh-huh. Like it's just lanyap, just extra. Okay. It's just a little bonus. Love it. Is your nice house, is being fit, mm-hmm. is it lanyap? Is it extra? Yeah. Is it, right. is it a, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Is it a result mm-hmm. of some like good choices that you made? Right. Or is it like you were saying, what consumes every single thought of every single day and right. what you are prioritizing above the more important things? Right, right, right. Land, yep. I'm going to remember that. Babe. Yeah, that's, you, that's you awesome. can steal that. Yeah, you can steal that. <laughs> so I think another facet of this that I know that you touch on is the social media mm-hmm. part of, of comparison. What kind of like what have you noticed or had conversations about how social media impacts how we compare yeah you know there's a ton of data out there right I mean you can you can find studies galore it is impacting us there's there's no denying it scientifically right it's especially impacting younger kids right girls and boys teenagers are struggling so if you're a parent who's allowed your kid to get on there too early it's it's not helping them out. Um, but yeah, it, it, it absolutely distorts what we believe to be real, yes. right? And, and it, it's interesting because we think we're going on social media to connect, mm-hmm. but all the science out there shows that when we go on social media, we are more likely to be isolated. And what I've just noticed personally as a pastor's wife and, and you know, counseling couples and and women through through this last decade or so when i see someone's social media activity greatly increase i almost think that's a signal that they're crying out for help they need friends there's Mm. something going on right or when they drop off altogether that's the other one right right so there but i but i i know that most of us are well, we're human, right? So we see the social media feed. We believe the narrative. We try to sell each other. Like we're no longer human. We're marketers, yeah. right? And, and we're data and we're, right. we're metrics. Yeah. Right, right. But but like my, you know, I'm not going to 
post, it's just like human nature, right? Like I'm not gonna post all of my junk unless it's right. carefully curated junk to help you understand that I'm imperfect too. Right. <laughs> right? Curated imperfection. Right. And and so it it's it doesn't help us. You know, can we completely disengage from it at the point we're at in culture? I don't know. I have a hard time as someone who writes books and has, you know, a podcast, like I've got to be part of it, but it's a struggle. Mm -hmm. And so I just go back to that verse in the Psalms that says, turn my eyes from worthless things. Mm -hmm. That, that has that along with, I have this thing called the H and H test. Okay. You ready for the H and H test? The H and H test is, is it holy? And is it healthy? Right. Mm -hmm. And so like, I like to talk about this in the context of, would you buy your husband porn? Well, you wouldn't, right? Because it wouldn't be healthy for him or for your marriage, and it wouldn't be holy, right? That's mm-hmm. not God's design for for sexual intimacy, right? right? So, but I think for women especially, it's easy for us to be oh, maybe a little self righteous, even and thinking like, oh, that's bad, that's something right. bad. He has to shield his eyes from that, right? Yeah. But then when it comes to like all these images we see that make us feel insecure and make us I'm not going to say the word compare. I'm going to say the word envy mm-hmm. others or covet her butt or covet her kitchen, whatever the right. case or may her be. Or countertop, right? whatever. Exactly. Oh, man, I have total countertop struggle. <laughs> um, but, but, you know, we, we, when we put it through the H&H test, like, is it healthy for me to be seeing these images, right? Is it holy or am I envying? That's not holy. Yeah. <laughs> right? That's not yeah. holy. Right? And so, so getting really serious about either restricting your social media time or just unfollowing people that lead you down yep. a path that's going to, yep. you know, do bad things to your heart. Yeah. So, well, and yeah. I do think that I tend to fall in the camp that like social media isn't the problem we are and right. how we use it and how we approach it. And I, but I agree. I think that so, funnily enough, not using the H and H test necessarily, but I don't watch romantic comedies. Right. Or right. like romantic movies because right. my husband is wonderful. Like, I yeah. married a good one. He's a unicorn. He's not overly romantic. He is right. not a man of romantic oh. gestures. He's just not. And that's okay. It's yep. not overly important to me, but when I watch that kind of stuff, uh-huh. like I've never watched The Bachelor, but I've watched yep. like an episode. That stuff makes me look at my husband and think that right. the ways he shows up for me aren't good enough. Yeah. And it oh, doesn't I- benefit every anybody. No, I love that you share that because in my first book, I talk about how I would go home to my my parents' home and my mom would be watching Hallmark Channel. And so I would yeah. just watch Hallmark Channel and I would get I'd get home and I'd just be angry with my husband. Like, I can't believe you never like rented a fire truck and climbed to the top of the ladder and expressed your love to me. You know, and it's like so ridiculous. Where where (laughs) is the boombox outside of my window? Where is the kiss in the rain? Where like but none of that stuff is real. No, it's not like it's not real. And so, but we it doesn't matter. Like it you can even be telling yourself, this is a Hallmark channel movie. This has been produced and scripted and acted to pull at my heartstrings. You're still going to go home and be pissed that there aren't 12 dozen roses in your lips. (laughs) Right. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, well, totally because it matches. So it it really reveals another idol, right? right? It reveals an idol that tells us if your love life, if your marriage looked like that, oh, wow, you'd be so satisfied then. You'd, oh, Although, can every, I say, I feel like yeah. a lot of the things that happen in Hallmark movies I'd actually in real life be creeped out by. <laughs> well, like, I don't think I'd enjoy them. 
Like, I think I'd enjoy them in principle, but then if they, ha- like, I think about them happening in my life and I'm like, nope, I don't like that. Like, That's I would so that funny. at all. That is so awesome. Well, I was thinking, I was, I was watching Hallmark Channel really, like, pretty seriously for the last six months because I was, I was going to try to write a book that was somehow related to that on marriage, and that may still happen at some point. But I had to take a break from the Hallmark Channel. But I will tell you that one thing I observed, which I had never really stopped and thought about before, is the Hallmark Channel is not about relationships. It's about the start of relationships. Yeah. Like, they don't actually become, like, in a relationship until the last five minutes. And so to compare the first, you know, date, which is essentially, you know, first week of knowing someone, (laughs) you know, which is what the Hallmark Channel is capturing, to your marriage that is, you know, five years in, ten years in, even, you know, one year in. Like, it's not, it's apples and oranges. Yeah. Which kind of brings us to another part of the conversation, which is how comparison impacts relationships Ooh, and yeah. how it can impact friendships. It can impact your marriage. We were talking before we started recording. I, I get a lot of messages from women and, and have even had conversations in real life with friends about how COVID impacted mm. their marriage because it didn't change their husband's lives very mm. much, but radically changed theirs. Yeah. They all of a sudden were homeschoolers. They were right. home. Their kids were home all the time. They had no free time. And there is there's tension and like mm-hmm. ugliness in between there because they're and you actually are the one that said, like, you got to go to lunch. Mm-hmm. You got to take a poop by yourself. Today. <laughs> yeah. You know, like so and and that can be COVID related or not. Like I right. I would be lying if I said I don't struggle with that. I am blessed to work from home. I get to do carpool. I get to be with my kids. I get to see all of the ins and outs and we get to have a lot of fun together. But like, I don't go Mm -hmm. to the bathroom by myself very often. Right. You know, and my husband does. And so how, like, how have you seen comparison impacting relationships? Well, it causes resentment, right? I mean, it always causes resentment, right? And so whenever there's resentment in our marriage, we're going to have problems, (laughs) right? So, I mean, so my, I had four babies in four years, no twins. Okay. So I had four under four for four months until my oldest turned five. And somehow I managed to have a miscarriage in there too. So we were just, we were, we were type a busy get it done people. And, uh, (laughs) and so my husband would go away to work and come home and tell me, Hey, I grabbed lunch with such and such today or come home in gym clothes after stopping at the gym after work and having lunch. And oh my word, I was just not a nice person to live with. (laughs) (laughs) I'm like, I've changed 87 diapers. I have been thrown up on, I have built sippy cups. Like I've just been like living all day for Daniel Tiger to come on (laughs) so I could have a minute by myself. And, And so, you know, I think, I think really what we have to do in that situation is just stop and check our hearts, right? Like, like I'm, I'm envying the fact that his life is different than mine is right now. But reality is we all go through seasons and I can tell you now my youngest is almost 10. I have a lot of free time now. It's nice. And there are days now that my husband gets home and I'm like, Oh, I'm sorry. You had a really awful day and 
just kind of had a nice right. day. <laughs> so, exactly. So, you know, there's just, there's seasons. And I think that's an important part of, of our marriages is being able to support each other in our hard seasons. Amen. And hopefully you've got a guy that will be compassionate about the season you're in. If you are in that sippy cup filling diaper changing season, hopefully he yeah. will get home and help you out. Right. Um, you know, and, and I would encourage you to ask for his help too, because yes. just being angry at him is not going to like encourage him to help you. <laughs> it's probably yes. going to stay away. So just right. be like, please help me, my husband. Um, yeah. But, but yeah, being resentful is, is just going to drive a wedge in between you and a man you really need to help you. <laughs> yes, exactly. Well, so. I love that you touched on the seasons because, and look, you were more in the trenches than I was. I only have two and they're two years apart, but still like it can feel like that diaper potty training, uh-huh. Daniel Tiger, 700 million snacks a day season mm. is going to last forever. It's yes, never it going to end. <laughs> but even with mine just being four and six right now, I've had the experience that you're talking about where like we had a really nice day. I brought them to carpool. I picked them up. We went and got Chick-fil-A. We went to the park. We came home, we did some chores and we're hanging out waiting for daddy to come home. And he comes in looking like he has been through war because he kind of has because his job is to get beat up by unhappy people all day. And I can, I can look back and think about the times where he did walk through the door and he probably got beat up all day anyway, Mm -hmm. Right. but I felt more beat up. Right. And my beat up was a little bit more like visible, right? Like my hair is all over the place. I'm covered in somebody else's (laughs) bodily fluids. Like it just looks worse. Right. But I, I, I have the same conversation with friends that their kids are smaller than mine. And they're like, this, this, this is never going to end. This is always going to be this hard. I think motherhood's always going to be difficult in its own Mm -hmm. right. But we have to remember that everything has a season. And I actually think that that transposes into other relationships, right? Like I've seen comparison and competition and jealousy impact friendships because of an Mm -hmm. inability to remember that there are different seasons. Right. Absolutely. And, you know, and beyond that, I think be it marriage or friendship or, or just even scrolling social media, Mm -hmm. like our bottom line issue is we're thinking about ourselves too much. Right. Like the freedom comes when we fix our eyes off of our thighs and and on to something much better and more beautiful. Right. And that's God. Right. And so part of the reason why I'd be so angry when my husband got home is because I've been thinking about myself all day and having a pity party for one. Right. Poor me. This is so awful for me. Me, 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 me. And then when I look at my friend who has a brand new home and I'm living in a house with peeling laminate countertops to go back to the countertops, it's like, oh, me, 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 me. Why don't I? Why don't I? Why? You know, why can't I? Why can't? And it's just what it's, you know, we, we spent the generations before us, the 80s and the 90s, telling people, you know, to focus on themselves and and, and all of this self, self, self messages, right? And now we are living with the repercussions of that. We've got more narcissists than ever before, right? And and we think that we have low self-esteem, right? If you look up, like, how do I fix my comparison and body image problems, you'll find, oh, you just need higher self-esteem. No, the problem is we think about ourselves too much and yeah, we created... somehow are thinking about ourselves too much but also still have low self-esteem well 
Yeah, but you know what? I really don't see. I think the whole self-esteem thing is a gimmick, and and there's more yeah. and more psychologists like that are coming around to that, um, even secular psychologists. Because if you think about it, right there, there's not really this middle ground that's acceptable, right? Like too low, you know, oh woe is me, Eeyore, right? right. And then too high is like your narcissist. Hey, can I tell you about me? Right? Yeah. So you're you're annoyed in either place there. So, but right. what's the middle? Where's the middle? Where's the happy middle? Right. There is no real happy middle. Right. Like there's not like this middle ground of I love me, but I don't like me. Like it just it's just I weird. It's squishy. There is. Well, so so here's what I think biblically. I don't know if you want to. <laughs> I no, think tell me. I think biblically, the Bible tells us we already have enough self-love. Right. Yeah, so if you, that's what if I'm you, saying. I oh, think awesome. Biblically, Good. like through the Holy Spirit. I think we do. If you're healthy there, I think you do live in a place where you're like. I'm good because Absolutely. God made me good. And I believe yeah. the things God, sa- God says about me, but like, right. that's not the most important thing. Like the most right. important thing Bingo. is loving God and loving others and bringing people into the kingdom. Absolutely. Yeah. I'm so yeah. right on. So right with you. Yeah. It's yeah. just, the, I think the whole, the concept of esteem is what gets crazy, right? Because what, what you, it's, es- been, it's been world eyes. Like it's been, that right. concept has been, they, the world tried to pick it up and they messed it all Absol- up. Well, and but it's like, everything. well, and it's like, what do you esteem? you know, esteem, like what do you give glory and worship to? It's like, well, ultimately I, I don't want more glory and worship for myself, right? Exactly. I want to esteem Christ and I want to raise kids that esteem him and right. aren't so worried about like how they are, right. <laughs> but are exactly. more worried about like serving and being obedient to him. So yeah, right. love that. No. Yeah. And I think it's kind of like, which Christians in general tend to really struggle with nuance. I'm, fi- I'm finding mm-hmm. not like us specifically, but just in broader conversation. Yeah. And it's kind of what we were talking about. Like that there's nothing wrong with wanting to grow and change right. like there versus idolatry. Right. right. And so it's these in between right. places of like, I can live in a nice house and have a great body and think that I am, I am good and secure in Christ. And none yeah. of that identifies me. Right. None of that has anything Absolutely. to do with what I bring right. to the table or who I am, because that's all about Jesus. Yeah. And I think those people, if we're being honest, are the ones that we want to be around. Right. Not because right. they have a nice house or if they, that the nice house Ooh. or the nice body is irrelevant. The people who like exude confidence. Right. Because that confidence is rooted in Christ, not in the self-help culture, right. not in hustle culture, not right. in any of the other like identifiers. They don't like and I can think of those people off the top of my head that like they I'm I'm not trying to pretend like they don't struggle. I guarantee you they do. But what they don't struggle with is loving others well. Right. Right. Yeah. Well, they're secure. Right. Right. And, you know, I taught in the burden of better. I talk about like so I, I talked about how like I go into a deep dive into grace. Well, when I talk about saving grace. I talk about how that really should impact our identity so much more than it actually does, right? So yeah. most of us think about saving grace. You're like, yeah, it's my ticket to heaven. I'm good, you know. Right. But if you think about it, it's it's almost it, it's like it's like you being on a really fixed, tight income, or maybe having no income at all. You know, like you're doing the beans and rice thing, right? Mm-hmm. But your parents are billionaires, and you yeah. know when your parents die, you're going to get the billions. Let me tell you, living on beans and rice is not so hard when you know there's billions coming, right? Like right. you can be content and satisfied. Well, I really believe that's how we're supposed to live as as believers, as followers of Jesus, right? Like this isn't, this place is not our home. Exactly. Because right? well, like, we already have access to the billions. 
Right, right. We we have Honestly. this huge inheritance. Yeah, we right. have this inheritance, right? And so even if we can't fully experience the fullness yes. of that every day, we know it's coming and that's where our hope is, right? That's yes. exciting. And yes. so even if I have a crappy, to use your word, even if I have a crappy like body day or a crappy right. just like circumstances, lost my job right. day, whatever, like I know better is coming and I can be securely rooted in my identity in that because Amen. that's what Jesus' saving grace is all about. Amen. And that's kind of, we talk about that on my Instagram and on, on the podcast that like, there is nothing more. Right. You know, right. you hear the like made for more blah, blah, blah. And like, yeah. no, there's nothing more. Yeah. We, the more bar has been set, it will not change. And yeah. we have been given access to everything we need right. for life and godliness. So like, I'm good. Everything right. else, like I said, is land. Yeah. Right. <laughs> I'm, I'm totally. I'm, see, I use the word tchotchke because I grew up near New York. Okay. So yeah. Tchotchke. It would be like my, yeah. like the Yiddish, like, you know, stuff, your stuff, yeah. your extra yeah. stuff. But lanyap. I like that. Now that yeah. I'm in Texas, I, I need some Louisiana Oh, you words. can totally like yeah. inherit that if you're in Texas. <laughs> you're good. Uh, I love this conversation. I think it's so important. I'm glad that they're, that you're out there like, no. That the comparison is the thief of joy, yes, but like, stop it. Like, there's, we've got to go deeper than that. We've got to have more conversations than that. Um, tell people where they can find and follow you, where they can get your books, all the things. Yeah. So I'm at compared to who.me, and that's my podcast. It's compared to who. My books are everywhere Christian books are sold Amazon, Christianbook.com. Barnes and Noble, Walmart, all the places. And yeah. Um, yeah, love connecting on Instagram. I'm compared to who, Pinterest, okay. compared to who, all the places. Awesome. So. And we'll link to that in your show description so that people can connect with you. Heather, thank you awesome. so much. I really thank enjoyed you, Blake. the conversation. It's been great talking to you. All right, that's it for this week. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of the Crappy Christian Podcast. And hey, by the way, if you super loved it, can you go leave a five-star review wherever you're listening? That'd be awesome. All right. See you next week.